You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into a victory edition of Spits and Suds. As the Dallas Stars double up the New York Rangers, handing the Rangers their first regulation loss in just about a month since October 19th. Hey, everybody, I'm Gavin Spittle, and I'm so glad to be joined by our friend of Spits and Suds, David Castillo, writes for D Magazine. You got to read and support David at David Castillo AC on Twitter and or X, and you can also read him on his Substack which is at stars stack. So David, good evening. How are you, sir? I was, I was doing great until you mentioned, you said X instead of Twitter, just call it Twitter. Let's I know, I know you're right. You're right. <laughs> I know you're right. I, you know, I'm trying trying to be the nice guy to old Elon, but uh, I agree. We still all, we Don't still all look stuff. at the bird. We still all refer to it. <laughs> also the other the oh sorry about that i was just gonna say the other thing which is victory don't forget victory over a good team yes change. <laughs> yes yes absolutely sir this was the first quality opponent victory this year kind of an argument could be made against winnipeg because when they played you know winnipeg was kind of on fire and the possibility that winnipeg could have jumped up past the stars in the division standings but you know, this was a very impressive New York Rangers team who got out of the gates quick and uh, were up two to nothing. And then the stars came barreling back. We have so much to talk about, David. You know, first, I want to prop you up because I think you were one of the uh, loudest people in the room as far as not being against the stars changing up lines. And they did it tonight. Robertson paired with Dodonoff and Wyatt Johnston. Hence, Jamie Ben moves on to that line with Joe Pavelski. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I appreciate the uh, the shout. You know, I've been wrong about so many things, like Julius Honka, for example. It's it's nice to be uh, sort of justified if just for one night, um, because it's it to me. And I've been making this argument since uh, the Rick Bonus era, uh, just because I feel like to me, I look at the way. And you see the way Hints impacted Ben, for example, and Pavelski. I just think Hints and Robertson. Robertson maybe is going to require some more discussion because he's having kind of a wonky-ish season, but still yep. very productive. I, I like. I don't. In fact, he rates extremely well defensively, which is odd because I feel like I don't notice that. But I'm not also looking for it, which is I think kind of part of the value of "quote unquote" analytics. But um, I, I thought it was great, and I've always wanted to see that. I think precisely because these are elite players on their own. So I don't think, <laughs> uh, you know, you're going to have an issue with their chemistry with others because I, I think it's it's less about chemistry and just more about interlinking skills. These guys can make plays. They can shoot the puck. Um, 
in in Hintz's case, he can make plays, shoot the puck, and is extremely fast. And so whoever you put them with, their game is going to be elevated as a result. Yeah, and they kept intact the line that, as well, they should keep intact of uh, Mason Marchment, Matt Duchesne, uh, as well as Tyler Sagan, and they were at it again. Um, I was interested also to get your take on Jake Ottinger taking the night off. I mean, we have heard from Pete DeBoer, you know, that this season they are going to rest Jake Ottinger more and kind of lessen and really keep an eye on that load management. I found it interesting. I mean, kudos to Scott Wedgwood stepped up big time. I think Wedgwood's played excellent this year. I know last year he had the injury, uh, 33 shots on net, stopped 30 of them. Uh, you know, one of them was with 15 seconds left. So overall, a great effort from uh, Wedgwood. And at the same time, you know, you give Ottinger uh, some rest. I did find the timing, you know, odd because against the Rangers, against Shesterkin, even though goalies don't really face each other. And, you know, Ottinger has had rest since the last time they played was, you know, Saturday. So, um, you know, he, he did get a couple of days. So, you know, I just, I thought it was interesting, but kudos to Wedwood. <laughs> Aren't we always going to have this sort of low key yes. controversy with Dubor and goalies ever going back to his time in Vegas, yes. which is, I think maybe sort of a little incidental. Like, I, I don't think it's Dubor has some questionable really, I, I think it's just kind of how things have, have shaken up. But I mean, I think ultimately it's, we know who Andre is. He's the starting goaltender of the Dallas Stars. And when the playoffs roll around, we know exactly who's going to start every single game. And so, yeah, to your point, I mean, as long as they manage and kind of focus on the amount of games um, that he plays, which is to say not too many, um, I'm, I'm not really – like who they play is less interesting to me as, as what the backup – is able to do and the confidence that they can grow because I mean like not just like I mean Wedgwood has been I think pretty consistent his entire time here and that's a hard thing to do as a backup I think it's one of the reasons why Anton Hudobin was such a uh, such a miracle which is that you know it's it's hard when you play so little it's hard to be consistent right isn't this what we give joel hanley credit for sure even though, like, even though i'm not like, the biggest hanley fan but i mean it's just it's I, I i like seeing wedgwood against the odd not softball and and i think that's gonna i mean i think that's isn't that part of what Hudobin's run was fueled by the fact that he was a player that got in a few more games than you would expect out of a quote-unquote backup and so when it was time for him to show up, he showed out. And you never know. You know, just something happens to Ottinger, it's the playoffs, and Wedgwood's got to start. I mean, these are the kind of games that I think Wedgwood needs to, to really feel that, um, that validation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your three stars of the game, by the way, Mason Marchment uh, had a goal and an assist. Joe Pavelski, goal and an assist. Rupe Hintz, goal, two assists. So... Uh, good night for those three. You know, Mason Marchman's a completely different player, but I mean, we've talked about this, but uh, boy, you you look at, you know, the resurgence of Jamie Ben partnered with Wyatt Johnston. Uh, are we now talking about the resurgence of, not that Sagan was bad last year, but we're just seeing a different player paired with Matt Duchesne and the same with Marchman. I mean, listen, we could say it. It's Matt Duchesne. It's the Duchesne effect. Whatever you it want. It is. It's, it's because Marchman and Sagan 
you know, it's it's like the Mean Girls thing. Like they wanted Marchman Sagan to be a thing. They weren't. And that's not to say. And, and one of the things that, that I've kind of been uh, sort of writing about or, or starting to kind of write about is, is that I don't think it's as simple as like, well, Duchesne is just he's forcing the others to be good. Because I do think, especially if you look kind of beneath the numbers and uh, Sagan, especially defensively, he's a player that I mean, he's on pace for 60 plus points. And he's doing the work defensively, being responsible. Even this game, in the first period, he had a great um, uh, takeaway. Um, I, I think it was on Panarin. I'm not sure who it was on, but um, um, it, it does feel like a line that has chemistry, even though it's a line that would only have chemistry with Duchesne. But um, yeah, you know, credit to them. You know, it's, it's like a like a solid bass player and a band known for its guitarist and vocalist. Oh, nice. Um, they they have they they have they have that that flow and that rhythm. And yes, there is a clear cut leader among them, but um, but that's not to say. I mean, they're third in the with among all trios with at least 100 uh, minutes of ice time. They are third in share of shot quality. Um, so yeah, the, I mean the line's great. <laughs> Don't break yeah. them up. Yeah, a, a couple of uh, interesting calls in this game that I wanted to ask you about. The first was. The on the ice non goal called goalie interference by Mason Marchment that was overturned. The replay clearly showed that that puck was free. I thought when they first said no goal because I thought I thought they blew a whistle. Uh, that's the only thing I could think because I said that's and when they said goaltender interference before I even saw the replay, I was like, no, that's not goalie interference. But you never know in today's NHL, it's like pass interference. You just don't know. You know, this is this is a great. This game is a great example of why hockey lags behind the other sports. Which, even I mean, have you ever seen a goal called back on account of interference in which the only thing separating the goalie and the player was like the stick in the puck? It was bizarre. It was even yeah. called to begin with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must've been the, it had to be the angle. They couldn't see the puck, but I mean, I just don't understand like, like what did the, what did they see to call goaltender interference? That's what I was wondering, especially coming off Saturday night with that call, you know, that the stars appealed. I thought I that might've been more goaltender interference. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I do wonder too about, I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing that, you know, we don't like to talk about and often don't talk about because well, um, that rabbit hole is just, I don't know, like, uh, it, it can take you places, it can make you that sort of tinfoil hat where, which is the concept of reputations and players, uh, you know, with the refs you, and you've seen this, uh, you saw it especially in Toronto with Michael Bunting last year, who was always, um, you know, he, he wasn't just taking penalties, but he was taking penalties and being a jerk to the refs. And and that seemed to kind of fuel the kind of calls, the, the fact that he didn't get the benefit of the doubt. Um, this is a player that's historically drawn a lot of calls. Um, I realize like nobody wants to hear about Michael Bunton right now, but nonetheless, like I, I think there is something to the fact that, well, maybe at least my theory, Marchment doesn't have a great reputation. He is a player that takes a lot of penalties and and perhaps they just seen him too close to the goaltender, just didn't give him the benefit of the doubt in that split second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the other 
um, at my parents' house. And as soon as it happened tonight, I looked at my dad and I said, I don't understand Peter Laviolette's decision on this. So the Stars are up four to two. It's the second consecutive power play for the Rangers, and they pull Shesterkin. Now, I understand analytics might say it gives you a better chance, but you have the number two power player in the NHL. To me, when you're on the power play, that kind of gives the stars an added advantage because it doesn't matter. There's no icing. So therefore, you know, shooting the puck at the net and one turnover on that power play is going to result in a goal. I understand it could pay off. Maybe he thought this is the game. I got to put the extra skater on the ice. But as soon as it happened, I just said to myself, I think the stars are going to score here. Yeah, it's it, it, it almost feels like everybody in the NHL from the coaches to the owners recognize that officiating is crap. And so, you know what? Let's just roll the dice on this one because yeah. you never know. And I think that was Labulet's thought process because, you know, he's an experienced coach, a cup winning coach. Um, and I think that was especially in a game where I thought the Rangers were just kind of you know, it was a it was a byproduct of Dallas, I think, being quite good, um, despite how wonky the game was, but also New York, New York just being really bad at times. And so <laughs> you're down two goals, you know, just again, rolling the dice. And that, that's yep. more or less what that was, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, I thought I thought the coach's challenge for LaViolette on that one, which um, was denied and they got. You know, I mean, I was fine with that. I just, I don't know. I just didn't understand it four to two. I'm like, give your power play a chance. Give your team a chance. There's four minutes left in the game. You score one goal, you're down by one. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, he's got them off to a good start. It, it, it is interesting to watch them, David, because at times I could see why the New York Rangers have been dominant this year. And at times I could see why the stars were going to pull off the victory tonight. I mean, you know, first period, boy, they were coming at you. You pointed it out on Twitter. They're, they're coming and they're sending four guys and they're coming hard and they're deep on the four check. Um, and the stars in the first period allowed some of the Rangers behind them, which as well as odd man breaks. So kind of a tough first period defensively. Uh, I think, you know, Wedgwood kind of kept them in the game with some good saves. Um, but I think the Stars cleaned that up. And I think as the game moved along, the Rangers were the one that got sloppy in their own zone. You know, it, Stars fans won't like to hear this, but in York's defense, they were missing their number one defenseman and yep. their second line center. So, I mean, I, I think that explains some of the funkiness to New York's game. But, um, but I also think that, you know, some of this is just kind of um, – uh, sort of a long time coming for Dallas. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that I uh, mentioned in my um, little sort of post-game analysis after the Colorado game is that, uh, so, you know, prior to tonight, right, in Dallas's five losses, all good teams, um, the, uh, which will, in three games, Dallas had a 60% expected goal share. So, you know, it's not like, listen, just because you win the expected goal share battle doesn't mean you uh, should win that game. But I think 60% is, that's a pretty high number. Um, so, um, so I, I do feel like some of it's just been kind of luck or lack thereof for Dallas and, and they were going to beat one of these good teams eventually. Um, but it was definitely just also kind of that, like I said, I, I think DeBoer's shakeup of the Lions really paid off. 
a little less of a fan of seeing Lindell and Hockenpah sort of become <laughs> that second pair again. But you know what? I just, I'm just going to take the win and kind of move on. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you're right. Adam Fox did skate with the team, which is a good sign for the Rangers. He made the road trip, but not in the lineup. And that is a premier defenseman missing for the Rangers, uh, a perennial Norris Trophy candidate. So, Real quick, uh, yeah. I just put you on the spot. Do you think Heisken is better than Adam Fox? No. Ooh, that's, I know. I agree with you, actually, but I just, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're gonna, I. We're gonna call the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday night, I did not. I said, and you might disagree with me on this. I said, Miro is very good to elite as far as defensemen, but Cal McCarr is a game changer. And the, I mean, I just. I feel, uh, you know, I think I think Miro is great for the stars. I just look at some of these other players and offensively just I, I see a lot more out of them. I'm not trying to knock Miro because I think he's terrific. I just like offensively, I see these other players um, just kind of taking the game over at points. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, we you know, we'll probably want to save time for the whole like Mike Madonna thing, but I, I would agree. I, I think McCarr and Fox McAvoy, I think these are three yeah. guys that can sort of on any given season be actually above Heisman. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think it's because, and that's not to say that ultimately like the, <laughs> the ambition for these guys is to win the cup. So us saying anything about Norris maybe or about Heiskanen not winning Norris has nothing to do with whether or not like Heiskanen has the ability to be a champion because he absolutely does and he is the best defenseman on a team that has cup aspirations not just a cup contender but a cup favorite and that's you know first and foremost but in a vacuum yeah I, I would say like Makar and Fox just a level and I, they're also good defensively as well too I mean I, like I, I don't think it's we, we shouldn't undersell in the same way we don't undersell like Heisman's offense. Sure. I don't think we should undersell McCarr and Fox's defense. Cause I, I do think these are all complete defensemen with like varying degrees of offense and defense, you know, for, for their profiles. Yeah. I think, I think it's great that he's in the conversation. I think Drew Doughty's having a, uh, a comeback year. I think Victor Hedman's terrific. So I mean, there's a lot of good defensemen in the NHL right now. So you know, and Miro's one of them, but uh, yeah, I, I do put Adam Fox uh, ahead of 